Welcome into another edition of the Wisports.net podcast. I'm Travis Wilson, general manager at Wisports.net, and your host each and every week as we go through all of the topics around high school sports in the state of Wisconsin. Again, we are continuing to be in a time period where there are no live sports happening, will not be happening for uh, at least a month, uh, over a month. Uh, hopefully we get into July and have some contact uh, day opportunities available. The uh, normal summer contact that coaches can do as long with the expanded contact for, uh, for spring sports coaches. Um, but we'll see how that goes. Uh, lots of plans, preparations, discussions uh, being done to, to have that be a possibility. But ultimately, out of our hands, out of the coaches' hands, out of the school's hands, out of the WIA's hands, in the hands of uh, those that, that make the decisions regarding health and safety at the governmental level, state, local, federal, etc. cetera. Um, it is continuing to be a very busy time for, for many in the high school sports realm, especially and particularly high school football and college recruiting for those high school athletes. Um, it sure seems like there are as many, if not more, scholarship offers and recruiting things happening during this time period than there normally would be. Uh, I don't know if, if that's exactly the case. I haven't tracked the numbers exactly, but just covering this for a dozen years now, it sure seems like college coaches are being more active than ever uh, and, and having to be more active than ever because of the situation, because there's not junior day, con, uh, junior day visits, there's not spring visits, there's not... Um, you know, camps that will be coming up, summer camps that will be coming up in uh, in June. So they're having to switch gears, make some adjustments to how they attack things, and ultimately uh, how they handle recruiting in general. And we're going to get some great perspective in just a moment, and, and we're going to get right to it because this is great stuff uh, from a couple of very successful college coaches with ties here in the state of Wisconsin we're going to start with a conversation with Lance Leipold, the head football coach at the University of Buffalo. Of course, won six national championships at UW-Whitewater before making the jump from D3 to D1 and has revitalized that program uh, and taken it to places that it has never been before. We'll, we'll get into some of the, the details of just how successful and how much of a change it has been under Coach Leipold in just a second. Uh, coach Leipold, always a great friend of ours, uh, going back to his time at Whitewater and uh, has continued to uh, be active in the state of Wisconsin uh, since he went to Buffalo. Uh, also joining us after Coach Leipold will be Coach Tim Palasek, the offensive line coach at the University of Iowa, uh, as we'll detail uh, a little bit later when we intro him, uh, a native of the state of Wisconsin, spent some time coaching at the college level here, has recruited the state for many, many years, going back to his time at North Dakota State, also a year at Northern Illinois, and has had great success recruiting Wisconsin at the University of Iowa. Uh, another great friend of, of ours over the years had a chance to uh, to first meet him in uh, in relation to the WFCA Combine. He came to for many years when he was at North Dakota State, and uh, just a, a great resource, a great uh, guy to catch up with. So Coach uh, Coach Lance Leipold, Coach Tim Polisek joining us in, in just a moment. Um, to, to give us some perspective on how things are changing and, and what the impacts are during this uh, this challenging, difficult, unprecedented time when it comes to college football and college recruiting. I'm very happy to welcome in our guest, uh, the head coach at the University of Buffalo, Lance Leipold, of course, a former head coach at UW-Whitewater, a very successful run there, and a very successful run at Buffalo as the team last year qualified for a bowl game for the second straight season, just the uh, fourth in school history, and won the first bowl game in school history, uh, beating Charlotte in the Bahamas Bowl 31-9. Coach Leipold, we appreciate you taking a few minutes to join us. It's a pleasure to be with you, Travis. Hope you're doing well. Yeah, uh, we're uh, we're getting through it just like everybody, right? And, uh, you know, kind of speaking of getting through it, it's it, it's so odd to uh, just be going through everything that we're going through right now. Um, but it's it's something that is obviously impacting so many different parts of uh, the country and the businesses and uh, sports and, and college programs like yours. And so, um, 
you know, just kind of, if you could walk us through what your experience has been like the last two months or so, you know, kind of when this all started to get on your radar, what your initial thoughts were, what, you know, what might impact your program and ultimately what the impacts on your program have been so far. Well, there's, there's a lot to that, Travis, as you said, and it's been, uh, you know, like many times in my, my earlier days at Whitewater, I'd always kind of joke about, you know, there's not a manual for some of these things. And this one definitely isn't, there's not anything that anybody can really go back and look at and how to do something that uh, has really shut down a country. And, um, but, uh, you know, we've, like many, I think of most of us are doing very similar things. We were very fortunate, though, I guess, you know, starting at the beginning, uh, we had started spring practice. We had made the decision. Um, we actually got our uh, indoor practice facility uh, completed a little about a year ago. And so we had a chance to actually not commute to our practices at the Buffalo Bills facility and other things. So we moved our start hours up to, to late February and and we were able to get nine practices in. Now, during that last week, um, we were approaching spring break, and we're going to take a week off. And started to get the word that uh, you know this this is getting real serious, and there can be some shutdown. So we uh, we were able to get one scrimmage in that with the players, but told them that uh, there there could be some huge changes coming along. So that's where we were at during the spring break, which was good because you know. A lot of guys, you know, were off campus. The bad part is a lot of them left campus and have never returned. And, of course, books and other necessities of theirs were still on campus. So um, from that time, uh, you know, I, I you know discussed with the staff and, you know, I really took the philosophy is that we have to make sure everybody's okay. You know, football's going to wait for a while. Um, their well-being, their, their adjustments to being back home, their health of their families, and their adjustments to all their classes being online um, were, were going to be paramount. And then we slowly started, uh, you know, introducing some more football meetings. I met with every player individually on Zoom. Our, our position coaches were doing, uh, you know, probably four meetings a week just on adjustment time. And then slowly went to maybe three three meetings a week on, on football things. Our academic people still have, you know, checking them in as well as our strength coach. So, you know, keeping a lot of ties and a lot of communication with our players um, have really been uh, on, on the forefront of things um, as a staff. And as you well know, recruiting uh, has changed uh, immensely. And uh, in many ways, it's, it's given us a little more time as we've uh, evolved to, to doing things a little bit differently, but um, getting a lot of recruiting done, um, doing it differently than ever before, but getting a lot accomplished. And then also, uh, because we don't know what the summer's going to entail. Um, so we've, uh, you know, started preparing for non-conference opponents and opponents that we haven't played in a couple of years. So that's kind of been it to, to this date. Uh, our players have one more week of classes and then, um, and then finals will, will start and then we'll kind of head into whatever format we're given here for, for our summer program. Here in Wisconsin at the high school level, we've we've had a lot of conversations uh, about, you know, what coaches can be doing with players during this time. Obviously not face-to-face interactions, but, you know, what is allowable per WIA rules uh, for contact, et cetera. Just kind of walk us through what you guys can do, uh, you know, within NCA regulations in terms of contact or, you know, providing instruction or drills or things to your players right now. Well, you know, mainly it's been like a football, like you say, classroom type setting football activities. Um, we can send um, workout type things recommended, um, you know, and of course, everyone, depending on where they're at, um, even to this date, uh, what type of equipment do they even have anything to do with? So um, our strength coach, Matt Gildersley, has done a great job of, you know, sometimes we'll send out, there's two workouts, one that will actually have with weights provided. And one that would just be body weight workouts. And, but we cannot um, have those recorded. We can't have anything recorded back to us. That's, um, you know, that's kind of back to almost like many of the days at Whitewater where you've got to trust your guys that are getting stuff done in the summertime and, and they're going to, you know, um, come back in, in, in good shape for you. The, but the other part is about eight, eight hours a week we're allowed um, to do film type studies. So, um, Thank goodness for Zoom and other other formats like that because we've been able really um, 
to do a lot and kind of give the freedom to each coach to do it in the way they want. And the coordinators will, you know, disseminate what they want to try to get done. But we've been able to use some of our spring cutups and do some other things in a teaching format. Some are reviewing, some are, inst- you know, we've installed a little bit of some of the things we didn't get to in the rest of the, uh, of the spring. Um, but in other ways, we, we try to make it, uh, uh, maybe not as uh, repetitive, especially when you're on your own back home. So um, we, we may pull out uh, cut-ups of other college teams, NFL um, plays or players or highlights by position, maybe for our tight ends. Uh, you know, we might pick an NFL, you know, all-pro tight end and, and show all his catches and things like that that we have. We also have fun some some uh, fun ways. And I think uh, Andy Kolnicki, our offensive coordinator, has done a great job of, you know, finding uh, um, apps and whatnot where you can make uh, some quizzes and make it a like a, you know, a game show or something where you're able to keep score and do some things. And some things are fun and some things are, are football related. But again, keeping our guys engaged in many different ways has been our goal as we as we've tried to work through these couple months. So let's uh, kind of transition to the the recruiting aspect. You, you mentioned it briefly, but there's there's no doubt that recruiting has changed in the last two months. Um, what ways has obviously it been harder to recruit during this period? And are there any ways that that things have gotten better in in some fashion with with recruiting during these last couple months? Well, uh, you know, I just. I think, you know, Travis, just like anything in recruiting, you don't know if it gets better until it really works for you. And sometimes you don't know that until three, four, five years <laughs> down the road. But uh, when they really find out how, how the class kind of turns out, but but I know what you mean. And I, I think there's some things in spring, and I think it, it, it's, it's almost like uh, what we're going through now with, you know, different things state by state. And I think recruiting has always been that way too because – you know, there's a lot of states or some states that we've we tried to recruit where they ha- actually have full spring football and jamborees, and you get some really great in-person um, evaluations of of watching guys compete, and you get your eyes on them on true height and competitive speed and and all the things that you're looking for. Okay, well that's been completely taken away. Does that help neutralize parts of the country? Possibly. Um, you know, it's in, in the other part is, you know, getting in and talking to the coaches and seeing multiple, everything is that, that always was, you know, could be difficult, different parts of the country and things. And, and uh, we're having to find different ways and times and, and they're, you know, just like a high school coach in the classroom, high school coaches got, um, you know, his team, his responsibilities, probably teaching in the school, let alone he's got his own family and probably young ones at home that he's dealing with. So that becomes a little bit more challenging as as we go through um, benefits. It's It's been interesting to watch how much we've been able to get done. Um, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, we, we have more area covered, but now we have more, I think, probably rechecking to do. Um, getting a hold of schools and getting transcripts is, has been uh, a mixture of success at certain times because, every, again, schools are closed down. Um, parents are not home. Um, sometimes parents are home during the day, and some, some it's been amazing out, out east how many of our families are really affected by this pandemic, but yet our, many are in the health profession. So there's been some interesting things there, but the value of Zoom and other things, uh, uh, I think we're getting some, some good face-to-face interactions with, uh, with many prospects as well. How many of these kinds of changes that, that you've had to make and adjustments from a recruiting perspective, how many of them do you think will continue after this is over. You mentioned the the Zoom meetings and and some of those things. Are are those things that could be incorporated more down the road when this is all done? I I definitely think so. I think there's things that Zoom and other things are going to allow staffs to uh, probably work more effectively. Um, Probably in some ways you you hope they're worked effectively in the right way that you you do give your your coaches a time off because now with Zoom you can meet with your staff almost any time you want from anywhere. But I do think there's times where, um, you know, whether it be through recruiting and game planning and other things that our staffs will be able to 
to, to maybe do it remotely and um, um, do some other things that way. And our support staff's been great that, that way, again, that you can find ways to use uh, other people maybe in different locations. I, I do think there'll be a carryover from this. I think we'll take a look at, um, you know, possibly how, you know, I, I think everybody's going to be affected financially. Um, and, and how they work their budgets and and what parts of spring recruiting versus uh, June and camps and those things. Because I think that's the other thing I really didn't get a chance to touch on is not only is spring football, is that with what appears to be that there won't be any summer camps, it's really going to, um, you know, you're going to have to trust your evaluation or there could be some factors that, that make you wait a little bit to, to see play, see some of these guys play their senior season. We're talking with Lance Leipold, the head coach at the University of Buffalo. Um, has this situation, has it changed the number of players or the types of players that you offer? Are you offering more players than you normally would? Less players, about the same number? Like how, how has that changed or, or been adjusted during this time? I think we, we've offered more. I think we offer more for, for various reasons. One is because of the time that we've been at home and, and this, we've been able to get more players evaluated for a program like ours. We, you know, um, you know, I kind of felt this way many times, you know, being, being at Whitewater, there's a certain time yet, you know, some of the things are going to take care of themselves. You know, young men want scholarships, you, you know, your FCS, even some of your division two players are, we're going to wait. Then you kind of see who's available. Well, we're still going to be in that part, but at least we are able to get offers out to, to players that uh, are, are taking power five scholarships and it's going to kind of, you know, run its course a little bit, but sometimes we wouldn't make some of those offers until um, we actually had gone out in the spring. Our, our spring philosophy many times was the guys would be out for maybe three weeks and then everybody came in for a week and then we went through and, and, and looked at new guys, talked about things, really looked at the board again, and then the guys went out for another two weeks after that. Well, um, we're not going to get any of that, so I think all those offers are, have kind of been accelerated And um, because once this does open, when it opens, you're hoping you're going to be able um, to attract the ones that say they're not going to commit until they visit somewhere that you can be in it enough that, uh, you know, that you want to be one of the schools that they want to take their time. There's only going to be so many, you know, weekends or days that they can get that accomplished. The class of 2021, the current junior class going to be seniors this fall is obviously the one that is most impacted by all of this. But how about the the younger classes, especially the class of 2022? Has this allowed you to evaluate those prospects earlier? And are you being more active in that class as a result? Um, we will be, um, we, I, I'd say we probably are to an extent. Um, once again, I, I look at a program, um, you know, where we are and how we built our program, our locality, um, our, our tradition or, or lack of tradition, maybe at the division one level, Travis, we, we've had to wait. And, and sometimes, you know, you, you can throw a lot of offers out and people do that, but, um, there's also been players that think they're going power five and or something happens. And, and many times in our cases, we have found that we found some excellent prospects in the last three weeks of recruiting um, that we've known about, but maybe weren't able to completely be in it as early as we had liked, but um, we can get back in on players like that. And you find yourself some really good football players. We've never been an early offer program like, sophomores juniors to be but i think that's going to change with everybody right now because of uh, of the situation we're under the time that we have to go into those classes um but it, i i think it's going to be interesting to watch what really happens in november december and how many people have committed and how many decommitments we get this time around if people are committing without taking visits so um you know we're, we're going to probably just see how that plays out um on, on, on all ends here and you know everything as we know in the last five really since the time I've taken this job to me it just keeps speeding up and speeding up maybe there's a lot of reasons with this is it going to get everybody to kind of slow this process down and, and maybe get back to the way it used to be a little bit more 
the uh, one of the things that I've always advocated for for kids uh, in general is to to not only be more active in their recruitment, but also you know look at it from a uh, perspective of everything you know they do, whether it's you know the communications they have with coaches, what they do on social media, etc., is all part of their resume. Um, what things could players do during this time period to help with their recruiting process? Do you think? Well, I think you hit on some good things. Of course, is you know it's it's uh, you know all the information, all the things by social media. But I, I guess some of them quickly from an athletic standpoint is to find the best ways if they haven't had a chance yet is to verify their their height weights getting that academic information even though if it's um you know five semesters and of of high school but getting getting their getting all that stuff to the schools that they they want to have that and then um you know the other part of it is is finding the right fit so everybody's got a little bit more time what are those things that are are you really looking for you know we find a lot of players we've had players you know that have 30 offers and you know 25 of them are power five and they're still asking us if we're going to offer them well they're collecting offers and they're doing things like that but find the areas and the things that are that you're serious about research the schools and and know the areas so that when when people do really start coming or you're getting close to making that decision you really have an, as much information as possible and realistically where do you want to go and why what are you really looking for is it staff is it location is it conference is it level all those different things on the football side and then of course what are you looking for academically and is there a fit there before we let you go, I want to uh, take a chance to chat a little bit about the upcoming season. Uh, a, a big season for you guys coming off a successful 2019. Again, the first bowl win in school history. You've got a couple tough uh, non-conference games at Kansas State and at Ohio State. But what are you looking for out of uh, out of the the team this season? Yeah, yeah. Those yeah. They, September should be pretty challenging for us. Um, you know, it, it's been. Uh, like I said, you kind of mentioned some of those things uh, um, that we've been able to to do the last few years, and really proud of the staff and our coaches. And uh, to be bowl eligible three consecutive years, we didn't get chosen uh, in uh, seventeen, um, winning ten games, winning the bowl game last year. Our defense was first in the conference. Um, you know, you and many of your listeners will know Brian Borland, the outstanding job that he does. Andy Kolnicki on offense. We, we've really kind of been able to find our groove that way. Um, we lost some outstanding offensive linemen, though, um, three starters. Um, so we gotta we got to find some answers early. And playing two Power 5 schools for the first time in our time here is going to be real challenging. Um, we have two excellent running backs. Jared Patterson's listed as one of the better players, really. He's only a junior, um, going to be a junior, but uh, listed as one of the top running backs in the country. So hopefully finding a way to keep him um, on track is going to be important, and it starts up front. Um, all our receivers are tight ends return. We have to be more balanced, um, and, and I think we will be in the passing game. Defensively, um, we have two excellent defensive ends coming back. And, and really the majority of that defense uh, up the middle is returning. So hopefully, um, again, play solid defense, be physical, stay healthy the first month of the season because um, once conference play uh, you know, hits, if we have a chance, uh, I think we have a chance to be a competitive team in the East Division. You mentioned uh, offensive linemen. I, I think we know a state that produces some pretty good offensive linemen. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I know you've been very active in Wisconsin and have worked really hard to, to try to uh, uh, build a base here. And, and hopefully uh, we'll get some more guys headed out there to take advantage of, uh, of the program that you guys have and the things, uh, the positive momentum and direction that you guys are going here soon. Well, we, we hope so. We uh, Obviously, we, we know and respect uh, the 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 type of student athletes that are in Wisconsin, the type of coaching there is the, the work of people like yourself. Um, you know, the job that the, the coaches association does of development of football, um, you know, but at the same time, we are a little bit understanding too, Travis, that uh, kind of like what I've said when I was at Whitewater, we always didn't have a lot of great success recruiting the Western part of the state of Wisconsin, because the same thing is that many of those same players, are going to pass schools in our in in the conference to come to a whitewater, and sometimes it's true that way. 
when it comes to recruiting. But I, we, we hope and see that maybe the last few years of success, um, playing on national television, playing those weekday games, that eventually, and, and we've been able to really change the look of our program, our facilities have upgraded immensely, and eventually we're going to find those guys that uh, are, are, are going to want to come be a part of it, and, and we're going to keep chipping away at Wisconsin. All right, sounds good, Coach. I, I know it's a tough time. We appreciate you taking a few minutes to join us, and uh, best of luck. We'll be uh, cheering you on as always. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. I appreciate you asking, and uh, wish everyone the best there, and stay safe and healthy. Again, a big thank you to Coach Leipold for coming on and joining us for a few minutes. Um, again, a great uh, great coach, obviously, um, and a, a great and, and very humble uh, person that we've had the chance to work with over the years. Um, you know, he's a Division I college coach, but uh, always uh, takes great care to ask how we're doing every time I talk to him, ask how our, uh, my family's doing, and I uh, really appreciate that, uh, that attention from Coach Leipold. And uh, really excited to see how he continues to build that program at the University of Buffalo. Up next, uh, we will turn our attention a little bit closer to home, but still outside of the state. As uh, we're going to talk to Coach Tim Polisek from the University of Iowa in just a moment. And uh, again, he's had great success recruiting Wisconsin over the last few years. Uh, we'll talk about uh, Nate Stanley, uh, certainly a, a player many people are familiar with, and um, uh, you know a little bit of a controversial recruitment that he had heading to Iowa during the, the Gary Anderson uh, time period at Wisconsin. Uh, so uh, big thanks to Coach Polisak for coming on here as he joins the uh, the podcast in just a moment. And very happy to welcome in our next guest on the WSN podcast, a, uh, a Hawkeye now, but someone that comes from the state of Wisconsin at his roots, uh, Tim Polisak, the offensive line coach at the University of Iowa. A, uh, a graduate of Iola Scandinavia High School, played at Concordia, spent some time as a uh, assistant coach at uh, UW-Stevens Point for a while, then North Dakota State, Northern Illinois, and now, the uh, again, the offensive line coach at Iowa. Coach Polisek, I uh, really appreciate you taking some time to uh, to join us on the podcast today. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate uh, everything that you do, obviously, over there providing information and, you know, just covering the kids. I know they appreciate it. And- uh, I th- think you guys do a great job, you know, and it's always good to be back uh, dealing with uh, your home, your home state. And we, uh, we certainly appreciate that. Uh, before we get too far into it, when, when's the last time you were in Wisconsin? I know you've recruited Wisconsin hard over the years, but uh, a little bit different situation right now, obviously. You know, I was actually, um, you know, with all the quarantine and, and things like that, we we're able to be home visiting family, you know, right about when all this broke, you know, right about spring break. And so that was a good deal. And then, um, you know, just recently it was able to do the fishing opener up in Northern Wisconsin and and obviously didn't get to see as many people and things like that, but, um, it was still good to be out, you know, doing some fishing and catching some Wisconsin walleyes. Absolutely. Well, let's uh, let's go back a little bit first and, and kind of take us through what the last few months have, have been like for you. Um, you know, where Iowa was at in terms of spring preparations and practices when everything got canceled and how things have kind of, kind of gone the last couple of months here for you. Yeah, I think that's a really good question, you know, because um, so many different universities and college fo- football programs were at different stages of their you know spring preparation um we were just finishing up what we thought was another really productive strength and conditioning session and, and we had just started um acclimating for about a week you know our skills and drills you know so we get about 20 minutes a week to work with the kids outside of strength and conditioning um on some basic football movements um and then you know we went on break and and you know, all the non-travel orders came in and then on class uh, or on online classes for the school. And the next thing you know, we didn't have a football team um, to coach or a facility to go to. So um, that's kind of what we had going on. You know, we were excited. Um, Obviously we're trying to find out who our next starting quarterback is going to be. You know, that guy needed reps. Um, a couple of linemen needed reps. I mean, every position, every team in the country has 
issues. And, and most certainly this is a setback for everybody, but at the same time, there's plenty of opportunity um, to handle this adversity and to see what teams will move forward based on what they're able to get accomplished on their own. We had a chance to talk with uh, Buffalo coach Lance Leipold uh, earlier on the podcast, and he was telling us about uh, kind of the the things they've been doing to stay in touch with the players and and try to get some things done during this time. What what has the University of Iowa been able to do to stay in touch to provide some kind of instruction, information, teaching to the players? Yeah, it's been interesting. Our um, our approach, you know, just through the conversations I've had with multiple peers and friends and colleagues across the country. Um, our approach has been different. I mean, we've, we've really tried to focus on um, the well-being of the student athlete and his family. Um, so the first, the, the first measure, you know, coach parents um, made it pretty crystal clear to us as assistants is, you know, get connected with their families once a week, get connected with the student athlete once a week, um, make sure they're trying to establish a new routine um, staying true to that routine. And then on top of that, he wanted the kids to really be um, <clears throat> focused not only on that routine, but have a really good semester academically, you know, so we didn't want to have, we didn't want to create um, a lot of different meetings and a lot of different things that would put pressure on their schedule. I mean, the one thing about the academic calendar here with everything going online and their tutors is that, there's been no gray area as far as being able to push a tutor back or, you know, just being respectful of everybody's time. So um, that's what we kind of emphasized um, within each position group and with the team is just um, the well-being of the kids, developing a routine, um, and then nutrition and working out and staying fit and being ready to push whenever we can push again has been our objective. We haven't put football way up there at the forefront. It's been more about the kid and his academics. We're talking with Tim Polisak, the offensive line coach at the University of Iowa. Uh, a couple weekends ago, it was a very successful weekend for some of your guys in the NFL draft, including uh, a young man from right here in Wisconsin, Nate Stanley, quarterback from Menominee, who was a three-year starter for you guys. Uh, as the offensive line coach, you also saw one of your players, Tristan Wirf, selected in the first round. That had been a, a pretty good weekend, kind of a ray of sunshine and kind of a, a dark cloud we've all been under for a while. Yeah, and it was, you know, it was one of those deals that was kind of bittersweet for me because I should have been in Vegas with uh, Mr. Wirfs. You know, he invited me um, with his family, you know, to be in the green room and all those things, and that would have been my first opportunity to partake in that. Obviously, Carson Wentz was <clears throat> the number two pick overall, but, um, you know, his position coach and Coach Kleiman at North Dakota State were better selections than me for um, to join him and his family. Um, but this was going to be my shot to go down and, uh, you know, it ain't too often you get to coach a guy that's in the top 30 or whatever. So um, that was a little bit disappointing, but it was a lot of fun to to watch the draft, you know, with my wife and um, have some communication with Tristan leading into the, the first round there um, or leading into the Thursday night. And then, you know, obviously he called and we FaceTimed for about 15 minutes after probably all the family celebration um, was done for, for him. And so that was a real, real good day. You know, the one thing I will say, and I'll throw this out there, and, and uh, Christian Welch, you know, and, and those guys that didn't get a pro day, you know, it was just unfortunate because I really felt like, um, what, I don't know, to be a five drafted, he would have been the sixth guy. You know, I just feel like he, he would have ran really good at pro day. He would have um, interviewed really well, and he would have done well in private workouts. And so that was a little bit unfortunate. And, and then staying connected with Joe Labuda and Nate's dad, um, was also fun, you know, during the draft, obviously maybe he went a little bit later than everybody thought, but you know, the second you try to figure out the draft and what teams are doing and what they're not doing is probably the time you cross the line and get into someone's business that you don't know about. So overall the draft was a lot of success. Um, again, we had, you know, several players drafted and then, you know, just as important, um, for us, you know, one of the things that we sell is how many free agents get picked up and then how many of those guys make a team. You know, we're very similar to Wisconsin in the fact that I think the National Football League recognizes what um, good coaching and good football looks like. The uh, Moving past the draft, a lot of the attention for, 
for a lot of people, and especially at the college level, of, of course, has returned to uh, uh, turned to recruiting even more so. Um, a very different time we're in right now. Obviously, there's no junior days. There's no uh, spring visits. There's no uh, summer camps for for most schools. Um, obviously, things have changed. But how how impactful has the change been? And what have been some of the things that you your staff has tried to do to mitigate? the challenges of recruiting during this time period? Yeah, you know, to, to answer your the last part of that question first, you know, you try to take advantage of all the, the great things we've got going on technology-wise right now and the different ways people can connect, um, not only through social media, but just the different avenues to kind of get some face-to-face, you know, or virtual-type tours, you know, um, different different videos that we have. I know we we really try to dig into the archives and, and share as much information with these guys without getting them on campus. You know, one of the things that's been <clears throat> unique or a learning experience is you, you do most of your recruiting, you know, to get to these unofficial visits or to get to the official visit or to, you know, recruit a kid good enough to get them on campus for, for a camp in the summertime. All those things take a great deal of recruiting. And then on top of that, to try to get to where you get a verbal commitment. And then obviously from, from that time, the real recruiting starts because you got to get them signed, you know? So there are all these different stages in the process that families and kids should go through. And you just, you saw a, a, a wide variety of different reactions to this whole thing. Um, you know, I, I have no problem sharing this. I just, I saw some staffs try to put a, a large amount of undue pressure on the families. Um, whereas at Iowa, I'm going to be honest with you, what we tried to do from the time that the quarantine started and, and the stay home orders and campuses being closed is we tried to just stay true, really true to who we were, you know, and continue to work extremely hard at getting to know people. And then obviously sharing our story and what our objectives would be for kids if they do join our club our football program. And, and I think one of the things that, you know, is interesting about recruiting is how do you, how do you, you know, that gap between a kid getting recruited and then all of a sudden you got to coach them and you got to coach them hard and you got to mentor them hard. And, and, you know, and we got to put together a team that has to be able to try to win some games. You know, that's a little bit of an interesting thing in recruiting because sometimes to get these guys, they want to hear how much you love them. Well, the reality is there is no easy college program it's it's really going to be difficult wherever it is that you choose to go to so it's kind of like getting back to selling um yourself and and really diving in to get to know these these kids you know we were able to take advantage of some some facetime obviously you know with zoom and microsoft teams and those kind of things you know you do everything you can and and uh quite frankly it's been a it's been a good stretch you know we try to stay true with some old school principles in recruiting you know we really value um face-to-face the parents um we really value you know handwritten letters and those kind of things so um we just kind of it it is what it is we weren't going in the office but we stayed true to our weekly schedule with some recruits and um dove back in on some tape reevaluated some things and and you know just kept communicating like we always do as a staff it's actually been from a recruiting standpoint for Iowa here, we've had a nice stretch of two, three weeks. And, and the thing that we're most proud of, I guess, um, we'll see how these guys turn out, but we're most proud of just staying true to who we were, you know, not breaking character or doing things that aren't in our wheelhouse, you know, and so that's been good. And, and speaking of that, Iowa is a program for many, many years under Coach Ferentz that has offered a, a small number of players compared to a lot of the other programs out there. Um, as a, a program that is very selective with the scholarship offers that you hand out, has this period changed that in any way? Has it caused you to, to offer a few more kids? Has it been less kids, or has it been kind of no change in that respect? No, you know, it would have been, it would have been another good window for, okay, so twofold on that question. You know, the thing that I have missed the most um, about, you know, campuses being closed and high schools being closed is obviously not seeing our players. You know, our players are our most important recruits. We're always recruiting them. We're always, you know, educating and teaching. And so being away from those guys, for me personally, has really been difficult. I just, I I miss them. I miss those guys every day. You know, we sit and have dinner with them. You know, you go down and watch them in the weight room, obviously meetings and, and being on the field with them. But then on top of that, the part that I've really 
and it's it just happens to be we're on a podcast with Wisconsin recruiting and stuff. But I really miss seeing my friends, you know, the high school coaches and being at high school track meets and and that part of the evaluation, um, getting out there and offering maybe some 2022 kids and or you know evaluating those guys. So I don't know. We've stayed pretty true. What we've done with the 21 class, um, the, the you know the seniors to be is we've really attacked our board. You know, we didn't go out there, you know, just it's sad, but like other programs and, and blanket offer a bunch of stuff. We've kind of stayed true to the kids that had offers initially. Um, maybe we've thrown a few more out there. You know, I, we're still searching for some different positions, but um, more than anything, just attacked our board and where the offers were already at. And then with the 22 class, kind of just coming back and continuing to reevaluate um, that situation because it's a long road before you get to commitment time or official visits. And um, my experience tells me the one thing about that offer list or the amount of offers is it might, and I know we've been good, like we've been in the around 80 as far as total offers out. But I'm going to be honest with you, it probably is less than that because how many guys do you have actively interested in your program and you're, you're equally as interested in them? You know, so the offer total doesn't always doesn't always represent who you're really recruiting or what's really going on in recruiting for that program. But we've stayed true to our board and we've continued to chomp away and, and um, shrink down and, and narrow down the list of 22s that we want to continue to look at. The one thing I am fearful of is it's just going to be a missed opportunity or, you know, we're just not able to get those 22 kids on campus for camp this summer. And so I think you're going to see maybe a little bit of a slowed down process for Iowa, at least with the 22s, we're going to take full, full advantage of seeing kids play in their junior year and then get out and see them play basketball or wrestle and so forth and so on. 80 offers for Iowa. We, we won't uh, mention the 400 offers for other other schools or bring up any other Nebraska's. Um, yeah. But, uh, what are we, what is our total? Our total might be like in the 120. I know we're ranked around 80th. Okay. Maybe it's 120 or so. I, we, re, we really like, we're comfortable with the number that we put out the last three or four years. Um, but you're right. They're just, I don't even, you know what? Those other schools that are doing it the other way, we try not to pay attention to a whole lot. And they have their method and, and we most certainly got to respect it, but it is different. Absolutely. Uh, we're talking with Tim Polisek, the offensive line coach at the University of Iowa. But speaking of the state of Wisconsin, obviously your connections are deep here, growing up here, playing here, coaching here, knowing many, many uh, high school coaches and, and, and folks in the scene here in Wisconsin. Obviously, um, that, that lends itself to uh, you know a deep connection in the state. So you've had a lot of success mining that talent in the state of Wisconsin. We just talked about Nate Stanley and, and uh, Christian Welch and a number of guys that you guys have at Iowa right now. So what, what is your strategy, or, or how does it work coming back to recruit Wisconsin? You know, the one thing I've always tried to stay I've, – I've tried to stay true to it, and I – is just reputation or, you know, my reputation in the state of being a guy that's going to give feedback. You know, I'm not always right. I've been wrong. But, you know, just given my assessment on where I see a kid fitting on our board or fitting into our, our program as a potential offer, I've tried to really stay true to that. You know, try to be a guy that maintains early in spring and, and December. Now December and January has, has become really more junior recruiting, um, getting into a, a ton of schools. You know, I, I just that's one thing I, I hope to never get outworked on the amount of schools, you know, or contacting high school coaches. And, and it, it's not about keeping relationships high. It's, it's about being respectful of the guys that work with these kids the most, you know, and they have knowledge. And, and so my biggest goal recruiting um, the, the state of Wisconsin, because I am from there is just maintaining uh, my reputation as a guy that's going to give honest feedback we're going to look at guys. I tell people all the time, you know, just give me the kids. Let me look at them. If you're okay with, you know, me giving feedback that you might not want to hear. And so, you know, that's been the key element for me because you're going to find players at in Unity High School in Balsam Lake, Wisconsin, and you're going to find players over in at Bayport. 
you know, there, the, that's one thing that's interesting about the state of Iowa and Wisconsin is, you know, this is not, not all the guys are in the Milwaukee area. Not all the guys are in the Madison area. I mean, you really got to get into some schools and get into different conferences areas and, and talk and ask questions and, and learn about these guys because there are a lot of really, really um, unique individuals. And sometimes the, the talent might be a little bit untapped, but they've been coached hard, um, good kids, good families, and their blue collar, the, the, you know, the working, the workers type attitude, you know, that work ethic that you're looking for is there. So that's what I've tried to do over the course of my time. And then obviously you just leverage, um, the time that you've spent in previous years, all of a sudden it's just kind of, uh, it, it just every year you keep doing what you do. And the next thing you know, you know, you've got several contacts that are able to help you, um, get on guys and, and, it's been good. You know, I've always appreciated everywhere I've been, I've been able to recruit my home state. You know, it allows you to see your nephews and your family and your mom. You know, I, I don't take that for granted because someday that might not be the case. Coach, before we let you go, uh, if you could maybe give us an update on some of the guys that uh, are from the state of Wisconsin that are on the team now. You mentioned Unity High School, Cody Incy Cody and Bayport, Jack Plum, and some of the other guys uh, that, that you have there from Wisconsin. Who are some ones that, that maybe will step up and uh, we'll, we'll see on the field a little bit more this fall, you think? Yeah, you know, Cody Ince is a guy you would have seen a lot of last year. He's, he's battled a couple nagging bad luck type of injuries. So he hasn't really strung together, you know, eight, nine, ten months of football for us yet. But he played, he played right around 100 or more snaps last year. So he's got a shot to be an interior um, starter for us. You know, he's about 290 right now. 292, somewhere in there, continues to get stronger, and he's a real long-levered kid, you know, so he's listed at 6'4", but he plays a little bit bigger than that. Um, Jack Plum continues to get stronger and continues to put weight on. He's actually been a knock on wood. I don't, he, he's never missed a practice rep, and so he's a really tough kid. He's mentally sharp. You know, for him, it's just continuing to develop into a, a guy that can be big enough and strong enough that can play on an every down basis. But he's done a really good job. You know, he played as a, a guy in the extra point field goal team. Um, you know, he's 6'7", 284, 85 pounds now. Um, for our guy, our guys aren't all 330, you know, in massive. You know, if he can get in that, that 288, 290 range, that's plenty big enough um, to play for us. Uh, Lucas Amaya will, will be, you know, he's behind a really good kicker. But he's kind of progressed pretty good from, uh, you know, state champion over there, you know, Muskego, he's done a nice job. Um, and then, you know, we have a couple other kids that continue, you know, Torn Young, you know, chose to graduate. He did a great job from a leadership standpoint. He's going to, you know, give a, the NFL a shot as a free agent. But um, after that, he'll move on and move into his professional career. So um, it's it's been it's been great, you know, and it's not always about getting guys. It's all it's about doing a thorough job and competing hard in your recruiting area. I've always believed that, you know, that you should know your area and you should be known in your area. And there should be a really good working relationship with the high school coaches. I know tomorrow or Thursday night I'm on, um, you know, a Zoom meeting where the WIFCA has done a really nice job putting putting on some clinic stuff. And I look forward to that. I just look forward to seeing some of those guys' faces that we missed um, this spring. Coach, we uh, really appreciate you joining us, taking some time to uh, to talk about this crazy, uh, unsettled uh, situation that we're in right now, and how it applies to recruiting, and how it applies to some of these young men that uh, that you guys are bringing along. So, uh, thanks for the time, and uh, we'll uh, be sure to catch up with you down the road. Hey, thank you, and you guys stay safe, be healthy, and uh, hopefully we can catch up down the road here. Okay. More outstanding stuff from Coach Polisek, uh, really great stuff from both Coach uh, Polisek and Coach Leipold about the challenges that they're facing during this time and how they're trying to adjust and, and uh, navigate uh, what is going on and what they can do, what is working, um, you know, continuing to try to foster those relationships with college recruits. And, you know, again, covering this for 12 years, these, these guys are, are two of the guys that do it the right way. Um, very straightforward and honest with you, uh, you know, are going to provide feedback, are going to, uh, you know, recruit for, uh, for a whole, uh, whole student, whole athlete experience. Um, understanding that 
there's there's more to football. You know, they're they're recruiting you for football, but um, you know, doing things the right way, which is uh, which is what we we hope everyone does, and uh, and what they will continue to do. You know, this has been uh, very uh, enlightening and has been a, a great opportunity to talk to these two guys. And we're going to continue to to go down this road of uh, of recruiting and how things are impacted. Um, likely have a couple more college coaches we'll try to catch up with, uh, maybe at different levels. You know, try to check in with some of the Division two and Division three guys to see how they are are navigating things and, and some of the challenges around their unique situations. Um, because obviously recruiting is different at, at every level. Um, it's still still the same kinds of things. It's still developing relationships and, and that kind of thing. But how you do it, when you do it, you know, what, what uh, you know, groups of athletes you're working from, et cetera, is, is all different based on the level. Hopefully we'll be able to connect with some uh, high school players as well. That's something that we'll try to, to, to do to see how they're navigating this experience, what things have changed for them in the last couple months. Maybe try to get on some high school coaches, get their perspective as well, and uh, and take a little bit of a deeper dive into the recruiting aspect and, and how things are changing and evolving. Um, and again, talking to Coach Leipold and Coach Polisek, how things might continue to change and how some of these changes might stay in place down the road and perhaps make things easier for the coaches, make things easier for the players, utilize the technology that's available to, uh, you know, make it easier on everybody because recruiting is a very difficult, uh, task for, for the college coaches. You know, you're trying to identify players first of all, and then, uh, get the, the relationships built and secure commitments and deal with, uh, you know, some of the other things that go on in recruiting and, some of the other people that try to get involved in recruiting for some players, try to, uh, you know, prevent uh, decommitments. That's a, a big thing and, and getting to be a bigger and bigger thing as some players kind of look for the big new thing. I mean, we see it in uh, the transfers that are increasing uh, rapidly uh, at, at the college level. You know, if, if you're not, not getting a chance by year two, then you got to go somewhere else. Um, and then you, your recruiting starts all over and everybody's showing you the love all over again. And it, it really makes you feel good, but are you ending up in any better situation? Who knows? So, uh, lots of things, lots of dynamics to that recruiting scene that we'll try to dive into in the, uh, in the coming weeks here, uh, during this hiatus of live sports. Uh, but, uh, until then we'll, uh, we'll, we'll keep plugging away and, and certainly we've got a lot of content on, uh, with sports right now, uh, really enjoying the Coach's Corner series that we're bringing back and doing as a video feature. Last week, we had a chance to talk to some coaches that had players drafted in the NFL draft. This week, we shifted the focus to some uh, some new coaches and some of the challenges that that they're experiencing during this time and what they're you know looking forward to, and uh, really have have gotten some great stuff from that as well. So be sure to check it out if you haven't already. Uh, Mark Miller, Norbert Durst continuing to crank out some great content very soon here in, in terms of football. We'll have uh, some offseason team rankings that will be start coming out, and we'll start taking a look at the uh, the 2020 season. Uh, some statewide realignment obviously in place this year, so we'll have a chance to look at some of the uh, games that we'll get to see as a result of this that we never would have seen, some of the uh, non-conference games that we'll get a chance to see. Unfortunately, there will be some games because of changes that uh, will no longer take place. We'll uh, examine that as well. We'll take a look at some of the best games on the schedule this year and uh, get ready for, uh, optimistically get ready for the 2020 season. But until then, I'm Travis Wilson. This has been a WSN podcast. When sports do resume, we'll see you at a game.